podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Manchester United Redcast is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning. This is Robert Meakin at the Redcast. I am deputising for my club captain, Eddie Nesta, who still isn't here. Uh, His precise location could indeed be a mystery. It could be the old tax problem has finally caught up with him, but that would be irresponsible of me uh, to speculate. So we will struggle on without the great man. I am joined by the new squad member of the Redcast family, Mr. Louis Wakefield, who joins me again. Louis, hello. Hello. Don't worry, I'm not sensitive. (laughs) Well, we... I've got obviously a, a big old game uh, to look forward to at the weekend where hopefully we're going to keep the momentum up after this fantastic Premiership start. But before that, I should remind you, of course, uh, with a word from our sponsors, that with a deposit of £5, you can get £20 worth of free bets at Ladbrokes. For this, you need to go to bet.unitedredcast.com. Now, Louis, with Southampton away, right now the way Manchester United are playing, does not sound the most intimidating prospect, but I think we, we would be unwise to uh, start uh, taking anything for granted. Yeah, no, completely. You've got to keep your eyes on the prize to give the most yeah. annoying cliche of all time. But um, yeah. I mean, we're, we're right sitting up at the top looking pretty at the moment and you've just got to keep the pressure on City. It's always a hard match in the Premier League, no matter what the run of form is. Um yeah, it's just it's going to be a tough one because anyone can grind out a result these days with those budgets. They can, can't they? And they are, are looking, you know, to how they've done. It's been pretty solid and remarkable stuff from Southampton so far. I mean, I think they beat Crystal Palace the other day, which obviously everyone is doing at the moment. So not much can really be <laughs> read into that. But uh, they, uh, I, I, I'm certainly revealing my age a little when I remember sort of times of going to Southampton could be fairly tricky, of course. I mean, that infamous uh, occasion with the ill-fated grey away shirts that we wore when uh, when we were, we were beaten, I think when Matt Letizia was playing for them, where we, we, it was claimed because of the shirts we're wearing, we, the players couldn't see each other. But uh, I don't know what I'll, I don't think I'll wake it. We, there's no risk of that anymore playing Southampton because I think we'll be I think we'll be in black, won't we? So yeah, I think so. I, I remember reading about that in a history book once, but yeah, I uh, yeah. wasn't there to see the <laughs> make day. Make me feel sadly. good. Make me feel good. Yeah, it was a lot. It was a long time ago. Bobby Charlton was playing. It was uh, black and white television. But no, it was. But traditionally, it was quite a tricky place to go. And you say even now, it's not the game. Not the sort of game you sort of take for granted. I mean, we we've had a decent start, but there have been there have been times still when when the You've thought, well, United might struggle. We've had some, you know, some late flurries to win some of these matches. So it, it's it's certainly premature to start thinking of United as somehow some sort of finished product that's going to steamroll steamroll over any sort of Premiership opposition. Oh, completely. And I don't think any team can really do it in this age in the Premier League anymore. It's not those it's not those days when you had, you know, Fergie. We've got to get over that. But um, I think. It's going to be it's going to be a hard one. They're not on a great run of form, but it is Southampton away at the end of the day. Yeah, and now in terms of our our lineup as well, I wonder how we'll go. I mean, he's um, he's been a fairly settled Manchester United team so far this season, hasn't it? I mean, I, obviously there have been there have been tinkerings along the way, but before uh, before Pogba before Pogba's injury, it looked like we'd we'd, we'd pretty much we'd, we're close to settling on a, a first choice eleven while waiting for the left back issue to be resolved. Yeah, I mean, 
Mourinho, as he showed in his second stint at Chelsea, he loves to settle on 11. It's interesting. The days of the big mm. squads have gone. You need to have, it seems, just an 11 and then a few backups just in case. And uh, yeah, it, it seemed like we were we had a good thing going. It'll be interesting to see how long Pogba's out for and how long we can get that chemistry to click again. Yeah, and in terms of, I mean, I suppose the... One of the sort of areas for debate will be again what he does with the centre midfield. Matic, well, there's something strange is going on. Is be a guaranteed starter. It's who partners him? Do we do we go for, do we go for the big Belgian, or is it, is there going to be a time when we ever see Michael Carrick kick a ball in anger again? You know, I, I always always love a bit of Carrick, but sadly, I think his days are numbered. He was. The PLO of the English generation, there's no doubt, but I can't see him mm. fitting into that squad long term. And as a person, I wonder what Carrick's mindset would be. I mean, he's a, you know, for any footballer he wants to play, but he seems to have a very level head on his shoulders. And I think he, he, he understands, obviously, that, that, that the time is drawing near for him. I mean, he, he seemed to be saying that I'm quite philosophical about it. We're, um, at the end of the day, there will be a time when games will come for him. But I suspect, as you say, this will be his, his last season. I, I wonder if he will wonder if he will go on from there. Uh, he could always go back to, to his homeland of Newcastle, I suppose. But I wonder if, how much more football he's got in him. Yeah, you do wonder. He does seem to be one of those ones who just loves the game. I mean, PR machine aside for Rooney, that's kind of what we were sold with the Rooney deal to Everton. Yeah. That makes a bit of sense. But I think Carrick, he's just such a understated player and he's just got he does seem to just have be football through and through. And I would yeah. think that he probably would be happy to kind of drop down the league and just uh, see what he mm. can still do. He did really and I cut myself in this as well. He really did, um, you know, divide uh, opinion earlier on in his Manchester United career. I always wondered whether it was psychologically he was given the 16 shirt, which was Roy Keane's. And there were some people wondering if he was going to emulate <laughs> that sort of style of play. He completely could get a more different sort of midfield player, really. But there was, a, a, I would say the jury was out earlier on on, on Carrick. They, his detractors would say that he didn't boss games enough. That he, he could go missing at times. That you know, still the old man Paul Scholes was there, and the pe- people were still saying that you know, he wasn't a patch on Paul Scholes. But I've noticed the older he has got, the more he's become appreciated. And I think the last three years is where I think that's where Manchester United fans have really come to love Michael Carrick like never before. Is that I don't know because possibly we've been <laughs> struggling so much. I don't know, but I do think he's been. I think it's fair to say he's been appreciated a lot more in the autumn of his career. Yeah, no, completely. I mean, I didn't warm to him, you know, early doors as well. I think that's the trouble when you have such a kind of a subtle player. He's very understated. He's got a great first touch. He's got a great first touch pass. And he loves to kind of uh, draw the strings quietly from uh, quite deep. He is he is quite similar to Pirlo in that respect. And you look at a lot of those players like Pirlo, Xavi, those great pass masters who are loved in mainland Europe. They are. They also didn't get much plaudits until they were a lot later. Xavi, Barca were thinking of selling when he was, a, you know, twenty six. It was only mm. a lot later in his career that people really stood up and took notice. And that same with same with Carrick, really. I wonder if he will be. I mean, he's of that. I wonder if he'll be considered that he fulfilled his potential. I mean, just just touching on the international side of things briefly again. He never really became a force. Playing for playing for England, 
So I, I wonder how history will look back on him because I think you say most professionals you speak to say that he was one of the top players of his generation in, in England, certainly no doubt. But I wonder, I wonder. I suppose because he's enjoyed he enjoyed the success of Manchester United, and maybe that made up for it. But maybe he wasn't he hasn't been held in the same esteem as possibly a Stephen Gerrard or a Frank Lampard. Completely, and it's only a kind of it's only really England international setup that could ignore a talent like that because yes, they're not as yes. in your face as Lampard or Gerrard, isn't it? Yes, I think we had a certain ginger head player as well who might say the same thing. How England somehow contrived to stop having Completely. the top class team with those players in it were remarkable achievement on the national team setup. But but back to our own um, setup. I wonder also against Southampton what we'll be looking to do. With, with the front line, because we've got the, on, the ongoing issue of, you know, of Rashford, Martial. Do we go? Do we really throw caution to the wind? Start with them both, because obviously they've both got deadly pace. That would seem unlikely at the moment. He seems more comfortable with starting with one or, or the other. It's, he still doesn't quite trust either of them, does he? And that's probably down to youth. I think that's exactly it. I think they're both quite similar players as well. And I think partly there's, uh, you want, a bit of creativity, which they're great with their feet, but you don't have the kind of vision from them that you're going to get from, you know, Mkhitaryan or Mata. So you need to balance the squad out or the first team out slightly. And I think at the end of the day, as you say, Martial, when he's starting, he's just not quite the same as he is on impact. No, and it's... And that does one thing that, that worries me about, about you know, any player I like, when they sort of go into that habit of, of being the impact player, whether it, whether it be the great Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, whether it be Hernandez, you know, whether it, um, sometimes even Welbeck fell into that sort of category. I think you don't, I wonder if it sort of drifts into the psyche of a player that wants to become, wants to become known as being that they can cause, you know, mayhem for 20 minutes. That's somehow that they don't quite believe they can, you know, carry out that sort of performance over 90 I'd hate that to happen to Martial or indeed of course Rashford because they look such such top players but it's, it's this time of someone's career is it's so so tricksy it can we almost go either way can't it we know of many players that we considered could have been absolutely you know world class who then have, have rather rather fallen away and it's because they maybe they haven't haven't got the breaks haven't been able to get into the Breaking into the first team regularly or been used in a way that they've been sort of utility or impact players. It's a tricky time in someone like Martial. At the moment, you still feel almost that it's, it's 50-50 for him in terms of how successful his career could be. Yeah, completely. But, you know, as you said, with uh, Welbeck, there is always a plan B. Flog him to Arsenal. Yeah, well, that's, I know. well exactly. That could be the way of a, f- a few of our players uh, could go. We sort of like Danny Welbeck. I'd, I have to say, going off on a brief tangent... Danny Welbeck, I, I, I certainly had his fault. He was certainly never the finished article. But judging by what had happened to Manchester United the last couple of seasons, I myself thought that was a player who probably shouldn't have gone. Yeah, I think it was, even in terms of how we appeared with that sale, I don't think it was great for our brand. I think that, no. you know, he was one of the English core players that you didn't want to lose. And you didn't know you were going to get a Rashford coming up through the ranks and if Rashford hadn't come up we would have been in trouble and Welbeck would have been exactly what we'd needed up until now yeah I know I know you sort of alluded to him um, earlier uh, we mentioned it I was talking about Mkhitaryan uh, who now and I think yeah, we, we, with, Pog, with Pogba out of the mix presently in terms of our, our creative forces I mean, Mkhitaryan it does very much look like the engine room again sometimes divides opinion as a player 
Mourinho himself has said he was dissatisfied with his contribution in the first season. He needed to do more, I think was the phrase, that was regularly used. He does look. He does. He, he looks like he's grown in confidence. He looks like he's grown into the role as as, as one of our main men presently. Inevitably, and again, it'd be very surprising if he doesn't start against Southampton. It's a huge season for him, isn't it? He, he I mean, Manchester United's success again is, is linked to someone like Mkhitaryan having a big season. I would have thought. Yeah, completely. You've got to expect big things from him this season because he's not going to get given too long it's not like Dortmund no. he got given a long time there I think it could took it I think he was there four years and it was only really his last season yeah. that he started to peak and you've got the trouble is when you when you're backed by a big name like Raiola as well you're going to have people saying oh is it just the fact that he's got the contacts that's got him in the club after one great season is it just a classic Chelsea signing back in the day where you have a few yeah. good games and Abramovich wants to spend 20 million so I think I think he yeah look I think he's top quality. I just think he's a confidence player. He needs to run in the side and he needs to feel loved. Right, we're going to take a a quick break and then Louis and I will return. And I think we're going to obviously well inevitably have to make an ill-judged prediction of how this game is going to turn out. And then I think we're also going to look a little broader at just where this premiership campaign could be going could be going because our our manager is rightly being very cautious. But let's be frank, let's just get a little bit overexcited. So we'll be back shortly. The Manchester United Redcast is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. And we're back for the second and final instalment of this fiasco I've been hosting. I, I'm Robert Meek and I'm joined by our, our new star man, Louis Wakefield. We've been going through the, the prospects for playing Southampton, what we think the lineup could be. Louis, I, right now we are going at it toe-to-toe with Manchester City. It's only alphabetical order puts them above us. Right yeah, now, it's a harsh is, one, isn't it? It is a harsh one, it's, and I, I start to think, my God, that doesn't actually count, does it? If we were tied at the end of the season, surely they wouldn't be given the title just because they're a C. No, I think they're them. they're much more fair than that. I think it comes down to coin toss. Oh, okay, fine, that's fine. I, I was worried, but you've reassured me now. Yeah, Mourinho is has been at this a long time, and it's the, it's it's the middle of September. It'd obviously, be nonsense to start uh, getting getting uh, too ahead of ourselves. But the fact it's Manchester United and Manchester City at the top of the tree in inevitably breeds excitement. Uh, Mourinho himself is, is saying United aren't the finished article. We, we the, the big the big test really comes when we play the bigger teams. Now that isn't really coming round until October, November. I had a little look earlier. And I think, you know, it's October by the time we play Liverpool and Tottenham, November when we play Chelsea. We have been quite fortunate with the way the fixtures played out for us, I would argue. Yeah, it's uh, we've been quite lucky so far. I think that's exactly what we've needed, to be honest. But, I, you know, mm. we'll, see, we'll see how it turns out. Well, if I was to play devil's advocate with you, though, we could, you know... It, and Manchester United detractors, and there are plenty of them, I believe, would be saying, "Look, look at the look at the people you've played. You're all getting very excited. You know, the the real the business end of the season is nowhere near yet. You, you've you've got to you've got to face a very strong and ruthless looking Manchester City side. They try taking on Chelsea, who are have a little sticky start. They're going to be strong again. You know, it's how I mean, Liverpool and Tottenham. How how will they will they come back to being?" rivals this season 
I wonder for Manchester United how far, I mean, there are questions to be uh, answered further down the line. At the moment, I suppose we can only beat what's in front of us. But sure, there are far sterner tests awaiting us further down the line, aren't there? Oh, yeah, completely. And the thing people are going to point to is, you know, the Super Cup clash with Madrid and that we just didn't really turn up for that. Um, And so it is one of those things you can only do what you can do until you're given another challenge. So it'll be interesting to see when October comes around. I think we'd have built up enough momentum by then. So, yeah, we'll wait and see. And we'll speak very briefly of our our main rivals coming up at Manchester City, which means so much to most United fans, obviously, to to not only win the title, but we could stop Manchester City winning the title. That would be the real icing on the cake. What have you seen of them so far? Have you been impressed? You know, I am impressed and I'm not impressed. It's a it's a classic City team under Guardiola for his second year in a row, isn't it? It looks like for some reason, this the names on the team sheet aren't necessarily the sums of their part when they're put together in the first 11 and a good manager's supposed to do the exact opposite of that. And Guardiola's been sold as this brilliant manager always and I think he's a great coach and there is a slight difference between coach and manager. But I think it'll be it'll be interesting to see if he can do it for a whole season in the Premier League because he hasn't given any indication he can yet. Okay, it would be for the for the drama. I'm sure the the, the drama and the merchandise of the Premiership it'd be pretty damn good if it ended up being a battle between Mourinho and Guardiola. It was obviously billed as that really last season and never happened because City were never quite fit for purpose. We certainly weren't. But that adds always to the drama because those two have been quite well behaved towards each other recently because there's been nothing they've been fighting for <laughs> but if it did if, 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 the, if the, the months went on and it, we've got a Mourinho Guardiola contest happening that, that's that's proper box office stuff isn't it oh yeah that's what people pay to see I think it's quite funny a lot of people you know everyone knows the the Mourinho third season syndrome but you very rarely hear people talking about his second season you know bonus which is that I mean you look at all his all his stints Porto, yeah. he won the league in his second season. Chelsea won the league in his second season. Off to Inter, won the league in his second season. Real Madrid, only won it in his second season. Second stint at Chelsea, only won it in his second season. He's never not won the league in his second season. Yeah, well, I know. That's the hope we're all clinging to. And although Mourinho is, is rightly being cautious, of course, he's, it's the only sane way to be presently. He does get the sense he, he feels it's on. You see, with his body language, it's completely different to last season when he was downcast and he was sort of discussing all sorts of conspiracy theories against him and the team. But at the moment, you're not getting that. I know because the tide is with him, but a confident Jose Mourinho is, is obviously great news for Manchester United because I think even some of his worst enemies would say the man is a natural-born winner. You just have to look at the stats and see what he's achieved. So right now, I think you can even tell in Mourinho's dress sense. I think when sort of stubble comes, he starts to look scruffy. That's when he's... That's when he sort of he's like a madman in exile. But when he when he's looking sharp, you normally get the sense that's when he thinks he's it, he's there are good things ahead. Completely, I think if you've got oh. a tiny bit of Mourinho charm in a press conference, you know that he thinks he's doing all right. Absolutely. Well, I tell you what, because you haven't done this before, Louis, but there's a tradition at the Manchester United Redcast that, believe it or not, they want us to predict the score. Now you can imagine how often we get this right. It's you know just about every time we are absolutely spot on with our score predictions. I myself am actually the most famous member of the Redcast for getting it right almost every time, as the listeners would, would I'm sure, would vouch for. Thanks for throwing me What's in the deep pick? end there, then. Yeah, there, there, there is a massive lie in there, which you could probably tell. But um, 
Yeah, no. I, how I, would you see it? If, how would you? How would you feel if we're going down to the south coast at the weekend? You're, you're. I was sensing you're. You're obviously feeling this is another three points, aren't you? You don't. You don't think uh, we could drop a couple? Uh, you know, as I said, it's always a harsh game and a hard game in the Premier League. Mm. You can definitely drop points. I'm not overly confident, but I'd say a cheeky two nil, kind of quite solid performance all round. Uh. Oh, I think yeah, we'd take that, and obviously with the goal goal difference as well being topped up, that's looking very good, very good presently. Uh, we could only hope. Well, yeah, I think that we're right, obviously, to be confident, but certainly not to be presumptuous about the weekend. But this is an exciting time. Having been on the show the last couple of years, and at times it's been very difficult, Louis, as you can imagine, to get quite as excited about what's ahead. This is it's great to be uh, enjoying it in this way again. Thank you so much for joining us and thank you to all the listeners for joining us again and listening to this uh, wide variety of pearls of wisdom that I'm sure you've enjoyed and if you've got any sense have probably taken with a, a large pinch of salt I do believe there's a very there's a rumour that uh, Eddie Nestor's hamstring will have recovered by next week and he could even grace us with his presence so we will see in the meantime it just leads me to say goodbye from Louis goodbye from me come on you rest. This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at unitedredcast.com. The Manchester United Redcast is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. Sports Social Podcast Network.